Occupy a Job on Wall Street is an autobiographical novel about New York City and the aughts, centering around a protagonist who is mentored by three sociopaths. The author has more than 15 years of experience on Wall Street bracketing this same time period. While everything that follows is an accurate description of the world he witnessed, names and locations have been changed to protect people's identities. Episode 2, 10-5-W There's a scene in the book Liar's Poker by Michael Lewis where he's recalling where he was when the space shuttle Challenger exploded. Everyone is standing around in shock, and the phone suddenly rings. He picks it up, and it's one of his brokers. The guy goes, Hey, you know what NASA stands for? Need another seven astronauts. And just hangs up. Think about that for a minute. What this should tell you is bond traders are 10 out of 10 disagreeable people. I'm about to describe to you how disagreeable they can get. It's 2001, just two months after 9-11, and there's still smoke rising from downtown. But it's New York on a Thursday, so I'm at a client dinner with a brokerage firm called DLJ. Before I tell you this... You need to remember that, even after that bunch of Middle Eastern fanatics attacked us, no one in America really knows anything about Islam. Months later, it's reported that George W. Bush expressed surprise when told there are two types of Muslims in Iraq. Now, if I were president, I would have made it my business to know such a thing. But I'd bet nine out of ten people in the country had no idea either. Anyway, I sit down with these bond sales traders, four of whom I've never seen before in my life. And they start telling Muslim jokes. There's five guys, and they tell five jokes. Which of these is the least funny? Well, you let me know. So President Bush and Dick Cheney are sitting in a bar. A guy walks in and asks the barman, Isn't that Bush and Cheney sitting over there? The bartender says, Yep, that's them. So the guy walks over and says, Wow, this is a real honor. What are you guys doing in here? Bush says, We're planning World War III. The guy says, really? What's going to happen? Cheney says, well, we're going to get a million Muslims killed and one blonde with big tits and an ass that tastes like strawberry ice cream. The guy exclaimed, a blonde with big tits? Why kill a blonde with big tits? Cheney turns to Bush and says, see, I told you, no one gives a shit about a million Muslims. I remember being just stunned. But these guys weren't done. On to the next bond salesman. This guy was walking through a street in New York and saw there was an Islamic bookstore. He wonders exactly what was in a store like that, so he goes in. As he wanders around, a clerk stops him and asks if he could help. The guy goes, do you have a copy of George Bush's book on his immigration policy towards conservative Muslims? The clerk said, fuck off, get out and stay out. The guy goes, that's the one, do you have it in paperback? The next guy. A nun is sitting on a train opposite a Muslim man wearing a turban who was eating uh, fresh shrimp. Every time he ate one, he looks her in the eye and then spits the tail in her direction. Eventually, she had enough and pulled the emergency cord. The Muslim looked at her and said, You'll get fined $250 for doing that, you stupid Catholic bitch. She laughs and says, When I cry out rape and they smell your fingers, you'll get 10 years, you towel-headed camel fucker. Boom. Next guy. Muhammad goes into his classroom on the first day of school. What's your name, asks the teacher. Muhammad, he replies. You're an American now, says the teacher, so from now on you'll be known as Kevin. 
Muhammad goes home and his mother asks, How was your day, Muhammad? My name is not Muhammad. I'm an American now and my name is Kevin, he says. His mother freaks out. Are you ashamed of your name? Are you trying to dishonor your parents, your heritage, your religion? Shame on you! And then she starts to beat the shit out of him. After she's done, she calls his father, who beat the shit out of him all over again. Later, his uncles come by and kick his ass as well. The next day, Muhammad goes back to school. The teacher sees all these bruises and asks, What happened to you, Kevin? Kevin says, Well, ma'am, shortly after becoming an American, I was attacked by a bunch of fucking Arabs. Last guy. An 18-year-old suicide bomber blew himself up and appeared before Allah. He said, Oh, Allah, I did your bidding. But I have a request. Since I'm only 18 and spent all of my time reading the Quran, I don't know how to be with a woman. So instead of 72 versions, can I have 72 whores? Allah regarded him for a moment, then replies, Actually, the 72 virgins are here in heaven because assholes like you murdered them before they could experience the pleasure of sex. So you're here to service them. Since they're virgins, they're actually quite sexually ravenous, and frankly, you'll be on constant exhausting duty. The bomber replies, well, I guess I could live with that. How hard can it be to keep 72 women satisfied for all eternity? Allah goes, who said they were women? So it's my turn. I'm the client, so I may appear quietly confident, but I'm also fairly new to the business, and it's not clear how to proceed. They've used up all the jokes about Islam, so I tell the only religious joke I know. Two friends, a Catholic priest and a rabbi, are walking along a street. The priest looks up, and there's a school. All these kids are running out of the school. The priest elbows the rabbi and says, We should go fuck those kids. Because he's a degenerate Catholic priest, right? And the rabbi says in response, Out of what? I tell one Jewish joke, and all hell breaks loose. This is the largest Jewish city in the world. You can't say that sort of stuff. You're an anti-Semite. All the usual horseshit. And this coming from a bunch of Irish guys from Long Island to boot. But here's the rub. I'm not taking any shit from these guys. And this is why. I know for a fact that their firm, DLJ, employs the most anti-Semitic people on the planet. Within a couple of years, most of them work for a Swiss bank, for Christ's sake. These guys will fit right in there banking former Nazi gold. And if that isn't enough, here is how I specifically know this. At DLJ, when an order comes into a trading desk, the bank supposedly protects the client's identities with account numbers and letters. That way you don't know, for instance, that Soros or another big client is buying Cisco bonds, right? Sure. But they refer to their biggest Jewish clients as 10-5-Ws. That's the 10th letter in the alphabet, the 5th letter in the alphabet, and the letter W. J-E-W. You're on the DLJ trading desk and you hear that client 10-5-W, the biggest whale on the street, is buying something? Well, you go buy some of that for yourself, don't you? And you get on the phone and tell your non-10-5-W clients to buy some as well, quickly. So here's me, describing larceny and anti-Semitism on a grand scale to the people perpetrating it, but the closest douchebag doesn't miss a beat. He just laughs and says, Yeah, we also call them 539s. If you need some help with that, take a look at the keypad on your telephone. Episode 3, The Non-Me Too Moment, will be released soon. Please subscribe to listen.